Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the open grave. And we thank you that one day there will be an open heaven and you will come again. And we will see you face to face. And we will join with the great throngs from all time around your throne and we will sing to you our song of love. But we owe it all to you, Lord. You love, we love you because you first loved us. You gave yourself a ransom for us. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. There's a beautiful sense of God in the house and his presence. So I don't want to interfere with that. I trust the word of God will help prepare our hearts for this coming Good Friday. So I want to preach about the cross. I'll preach one message this service and a different one next one because I couldn't decide which one. Uh, Before I read the scripture, though, I want to just take a brief moment to uh, express our deep appreciation to this church for your prayers for Flora and myself over these last several months. Uh, Most of you know that Flora has uh, had suffered two strokes, one in November and one on December the 24th. Uh, The doctor said that Stroke on December the 24th on a scale of 1 to 25 was 25, was extremely serious. But we were uh, back for her 100-day checkup about a week ago, and the doctor, after checking her for literally an hour, said, Flora, you you are a miracle. So I appreciate the medical staff. I want to give credit to them because we experienced the finest care that anyone could hope for. And I believe they were significant part of the healing process. But we want to give thanks to the Lord because we know at the end of the day that he is the great physician. He is the one who heals us. And I don't, I, I'm an old man, but I haven't got it figured out. But somehow or another, prayer works. And uh, so I want to thank you for your prayers and uh, for your love toward us. Thank you so much. 
I'd like to read from John's Gospel, chapter 19, from verse 28. I'm reading from the New King James translation. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, finished or completed, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. When Jesus hung on the cross for six hours, he uttered seven statements. The first was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the first message of the cross is that it is a place of forgiveness. We all need it, and you can experience it. But this passage that I read today was his sixth statement. His last statement was, into, into your hands I commit my spirit. But the sixth cry was a triumphant cry. And he said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. The three English words come from one Greek word, tetelestai. And so we read in the scriptures that when his tongue was wetted with the wine because one of the great sufferings of crucifixion was thirst, that Jesus cried out with a loud voice that I believe reverberated throughout the entire universe into the very regions of hell. And Jesus cried, Tetelestai, it is finished. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar. I don't pretend to be one. I wish I were. But sometimes the original language helps us to really understand the depth of meaning. Because tetelestai means it is finished, it stands finished, it remains finished, it is accomplished. It does not have to be done again. It does not have to be improved. It is absolutely, totally, forever finished, accomplished. That's what Jesus cried when he cried from the cross. It's interesting how this word was used in that day. It was used by a servant to his master or a son to his father when he had completed a task. The servant would come and stand in the presence of his master and he would say, Tetelestai. It is finished. I completed the task. 
There's no more to be done. It was used by an artist or a craftsman who, having completed a project, stepped back and looked at it and said, Tetelestai, it is finished. It is completed. It does not have to be added to or improved. It is finished. It was also used by a merchant who, having received payment for goods, stamped the bill of sale with this word, tetelestai, which translated means paid in full. Now, some of you perhaps may not understand this, but I grew up in the days of credit. And when I was a little boy, I used to go with my father to the store, and he had a list. And the man behind the counter had a little pad with a, a duplication on it. And you'd give your order, and he wrote it out, pretty inefficient by the way we live today. But he wrote out line by line, and we never paid for it. It was called credit. You charged it. But at the end of the month, or in our case, at the end of the season, because my father was a farmer, when the harvest came in and the grain was sold, I remember going with him to the same store, and the man would bring out the bill of sales, all the record of how much we owed. And Dad would give cash because we never heard of checks in those days. He'd give him cash. But what I remember is that the storekeeper would pick up his stamp and put it on the bill of sale. And, and on it were these little words, paid in full. He never had to come back and pay it again. He never had to give him more. It was finished, absolutely finished. That's what this word means, tetelestai. So what was finished? Let me give you five quick things that were finished. First of all, his work on earth was finished. For 33 years, he walked the earth, but now his exile from heaven is over. No longer will he be despised and rejected. He was able to come before the Father. This is the Son appearing before the Father. John 17, verse 4, he said, I've finished the work. I've finished the work, Tetelestai. I've finished what you gave me to do. Everything you told me to do, I've finished it. I've completed my assignment. He had gone about doing good, but now he's finished. It's complete. The work on earth is done. Second thing that is, was finished was the prophecies were finished. That is, the prophecies concerning his first coming. There were over 300 prophecies fulfilled 
in the life and the death of Jesus. 25 prophecies were fulfilled on the final day. When you read the Old Testament, some of the prophecies were so vivid, so explicit, so detailed, that you would think that they were written at the foot of the cross, not a thousand years before. Let me read some more. Just close your eyes and listen. You'll think you're at the cross, but in reality, this was written a thousand years before the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him, seeing as how he delights in him. I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Can you imagine? Long before crucifixion was ever invented, the Spirit of Almighty God throw, flowed through the ancient prophet David, and he took up his pen, and he wrote those vivid words about the suffering of Jesus. Over and over and over again in his life, but especially in his death, you read the words that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. If you need one proof that this Bible is true, then one of the greatest proofs of all is that in the life of Jesus, 300 prophecies written hundreds and even a thousand years before were fulfilled in absolute detail. So when he died and cried, it is finished, the prophecies for his first coming were finished. The third thing that was finished was the sacrifice. This was the final sacrifice. I want you to pause and remember that blood has flowed ever since God slew the animals in the Garden of Eden. Countless sacrifices were made. Solomon one time offered 10,000 bullocks and there was a literal river of blood that flowed from the temple, but it was never enough. It was enough to cover, but never enough to take away. There was always the need for one more, another time. But Jesus came, and John the Baptist pointed him out one day, John 1, 29. He said, behold, look, 
Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Here's how Hebrews explains it. Hebrews 10, every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly, listen to the words, offering repeatedly the same sacrifice which can never take away sin. But this man, here is the good news, but this man, this man, Jesus, the son of the living God, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down, the work's finished. That's what you do when you finish the job, you sit down. He sat down at the right hand of the Father and cried, Tetelestai, it is finished, no more sacrifice because it is finished, it is accomplished, never to be repeated again. That's what we read in the Word of God. The work is done, the price is paid. Number four, the power of Satan was finished. The cry from the cross was that the battle was over, that the enemy of our souls has been defeated, that the head of the serpent has been crushed. Listen to what the Word of God is to say. Hebrews 2.14 said that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Pretty straightforward, pretty clear. What happened at the cross? Colossians 2 and 15 says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Satan's defeat was public. It was on a hill, on a cross, for the world to see that he had been disarmed by the power of the blood of Jesus. First John 3 and 8 says, for this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy, annihilate, the power and the work of the devil. And I'm here today to tell you that you can be set free. It does not matter what habit, what addiction, what sin, what thing you have been trapped in. I'm here today to tell you that there's power in the blood of Jesus to break every chain that the enemy can ever bring into your life or over you. When he cried, it is finished, the power of Satan was finished. There is now a name 
which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth. Every principality and every power is now subject to the imperial name of Jesus Christ. It was finished at the cross. Now let me give you number five, the last one. When Jesus cried, it is finished, the work of redemption was finished. The price was paid. The justice of God was satisfied. It was done. It was finished. You cannot add to it. Listen to the words of the scriptures. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 said that he came to give his life a ransom. A ransom is a payment. He came to give his life a ransom for many. Galatians 3 and 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He became a curse for us in my place, in my stead. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he became sin for us. I cannot understand that. I cannot comprehend that. This pure, spotless, one who was called holy and harmless and undefiled, took upon himself the sin of the world, and he became sin for us. Colossians 1.14 said, whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. If you're wondering what to do about your sins, I have good news for you. He took them. He paid for them. He offers you freely today absolute forgiveness. And your sins will be dealt with and done with forever. Peter put it this way, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. If you could take all the gold in the world, it would not be enough to save your soul. But what will save your soul and change your life and fit you for heaven is when you receive the blood of Jesus as the sole payment for your sin. That was the price of redemption. And one day we will be in heaven and we will join with the great throngs from every nation, every tribe, and every tongue and from every generation. And we'll lift up our voices and we will sing to him who loved us and washed us from our sin in his own blood. 
And so he is prepared today to take all of our sins, all of our debts, all of our brokenness, and right across it with his blood paid in full. It is finished. But you need to receive it. If I were to commission my son, who is a cabinet maker, if I were to commission him to build me a beautiful cabinet, and he brought it to me, and he would say, Dad, it's finished. But I would say to him, Maybe I ought to add something to it. Where is my saw and my hammer? <laughs> and he would say, no, Dad. No, Dad, you've got to understand it. It's finished. If you try to add anything to it, you will spoil it. It's all done. It's all finished. And I want to say to you today that if you are here today and you're struggling with your sin, you're unsure about your future, you don't know how it would be if you, would, if you were called to stand before God today, that I'm here to tell you it's all finished. All you need to do is take it, receive it. This is what Jesus said. John 1, 12, but as many. That gets you in the door. I don't care who you are, how bad you've been, but as many as received him. By an act of their will, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you wonder about what you need to do. I've got good news for you. It's been done. It's been finished. Just accept it. And receive it. And one day, as we stand at the gate of heaven and God said, why should I let you in? I will say, because of the blood of Jesus who died for me and paid my debt in full. That's my ticket to heaven, and it will be yours. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. I'd like us all to just be really quiet for a moment in the presence of the Lord. In just a few moments, the the band will lead us in a song. And here's what I'd like to do. I'm not going to dismiss the service formally today, but here's what I'd like us to do. If you're here today, you're not sure about your eternal destiny. You're not sure about, about the future. I want to invite you, as the band begins to sing and play, that you just slip out of your seat and come here to the front. There'll be an altar team here, an altar team, you can come now. 
Perhaps you're here today and, and you're bound by the power of Satan. Perhaps it's a habit, it's an addiction, it's a sin that you just can't seem to get rid of. The presence of the Lord is in this house today to set you free. You can go home different than the way you came. Or perhaps there's just unrest. Maybe you need to be healed in your body. You could have come here with all kinds of needs. I don't want you to go home without those needs met. And if I'm talking about you, as the begin to sing, just slip out of your seat and come. Not gonna make a big deal of it. Perhaps some of you just want to sit in the presence of the Lord for a few moments. We've finished a bit early. We've got a little bit of time. And sometimes it's good to just sit in his presence, listen to the words of the song, continue to connect with the Lord, and just soak up his presence. Or perhaps you need to go, and I understand all that. If you do, then you please feel free to slip out just make your way to wherever you need to go. But just for the next few moments, I'd like us to keep this as a house of prayer, place where you can connect with the Lord and where your life can be touched. So let me pray and then we'll open the altar. Lord, I thank you that we could be here today in your house. Such a, such a wonderful sense of your presence, Lord, that is here today at least it seemed to me lord like you're just kind of wrapping yourself around us like a blanket and you're drawing us close and you're touching us in the places of our deepest need and i thank you lord you know every person that's sitting here today in the audience or even on the platform you know our needs and you said you'd supply all of our needs so i pray that none of us will go home still needing but we will rather be touched by your presence we pray in jesus name amen amen whenever you need to go you're free to go but i encourage you just linger a little bit if you need prayer just come God bless you. Thanks for being here. We hope this message has impacted you. For more information about what's going on, please check out our website at myc3church.ca. Now go change your world.